0: Hey, What's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. It's Doug Cunnington here. And today we're going to answer a question from one of the students at Five Figure Niche Site. So thanks for sending in this question. The person asked me not to mention his name at all, his or her name, we'll put it that way. Um, so I'll respect that. I appreciate it. Um, it's a good question and it's around personas for niche sites or affiliate sites or any, any kind of content that you may have out there. And this person asks about how far to take it. So I'm not going to read the whole entire thing, but the idea is around, you know, keeping your actual real name anonymous. And it totally makes sense to me. Um, When I first got started with my very first site, um, I had a corporate job. And I wanted to work on these projects on the side, and I wasn't sure. It was a you know a very corporate setting. And I didn't want any of my supervisors or anyone in HR or anyone in charge of me getting promoted or not getting promoted to like see my name out there associated with a website that maybe they think I'm not focused on work enough or something like that. So for me personally, when I started, I absolutely like from the start used a pen name, a pseudonym for the site. And the person, the student of Five Figure Niche Site asked, um, what about a fake picture, right? So they, they were like, yeah, using a pen name. I get that. What about a fake picture? Like, should I do that? How about a whole backstory and that sort of thing? Like tell the story of something completely fabricated and how far do you take it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, these are just my opinions and um, I know we have some lawyers in the audience. So if any lawyers hear something that they disagree with um, or that I am completely wrong about, like they disagree because I'm wrong, uh, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show to let me know. But I, I think you'll probably find, in like in most cases, I'm pretty conservative and I think you should be okay with this. So I generally advise that um it's good to have a name (laughs) a picture you know it doesn't have to show a face necessarily but some picture um hopefully related to the niche or the category or the general topics that's always nice it adds some authenticity i also like to have a little bit of a backstory as far as like why you started the site um, and, and why the site is there so you can blend that in you can make it pretty vague and non-specific, or you could be more specific. Um, I find you know just something vague some story that's generally unprovable is a good way to go um, the area where I advise you to take it very very easy is around making like professional claims educational claims, or certifications, all right? So we'll get specific about this now. Basically, let's say, um, actually, I'm not going to be too, too specific, but let's say it's health-related, all right? So let's say you have a health-related or somewhat health-related site, even fitness for that matter. Um, I would not say that you're a doctor or that you're like a physical therapist or anything where the credibility that you're trying to build is based on lies. And then you're using those lies to build your credibility to sell products. You're saying you're an expert in a certain area and you're saying you have, you know, education, uh, maybe you have certifications or something like that. Um, that is not okay, all right? So the, when you play it out, if someone bought the product based on your recommendation and then they were injured using the product, they potentially could sue, I'm just making stuff up based on no research and only what I've seen on TV here, um, they could potentially sue the manufacturer, they could su- they could sue... Um, you know, other people associated with um, the, I guess, like the development of the product or maybe the testing and potentially you because you were making claims as a, you know, fake doctor or fake physical therapist or so on. And at that point, it matters um, that you are claiming some expertise in a certain area. So that is the thing that I would mainly avoid, right? So I wouldn't make claims that are untrue to help you sell things. You can keep it vague, right? You don't have to say you're a doctor. You could say, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily do this either, but you could say, you know, a doctor or you talked to a doctor, um, once in a vague non-specific way, right? I don't know how that helps you very much. Um, you're probably better off saying you're a hobbyist and you're really interested in the topic or something like that. But um, that's kind of my, you know, general guideline. So having a name is good. having some backstory related to the topic in category and niche is good. Having an image, would be good. You potentially can, you know, use an image of yourself. If you want to be more anonymous, you can have an image of yourself, um, without showing your face, potentially doing like some activity related to the niche category and topic. Again, just to add a little credibility without making any like outrageous claim that isn't true. And further, I mean, I think you could, you could sort of translate that idea I gave an extreme example around health and fitness, and then claiming that you're a doctor. Um, but I believe it probably could translate to other areas. So if you are a, if you have a review site on laptops, for example, you probably don't want to make claims. Again, this is probably less risky. But I wouldn't make claims that you're, you know, a software developer. And that you build computers and that sort of thing, or there's plenty of certifications out there. I would not make claims that you're certified in an area that you're not when it's related to, you know, selling the products. So that is my take. It would be very interesting to hear what other people think. So feel free. Shoot me an email at feedback at Doug.show. I would uh, like to hear how other people approach it and maybe in a future episode, um, I can share what we got back, you know, what, what people sent in. All right, as a related sort of topic, what if you don't want to have a persona at all? What if you just want to have sort of like a company and, uh, you know, no no face, no personality, you just want to have... Um, A company, hey, we are the the ballpoint pen review guys. We love writing and um, we put out reviews about pens because we like writing so much. If you just want to have it that vague, I think that could work. In fact, I've seen quite a few sites that are super vague and they just don't seem like there's anyone behind them. And I think those can work fine too. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen some out there and as I review the sites and as I take a look at maybe the potential traffic that they're getting on a tool like SEMrush, I would observe that they get a lot of traffic. And the reality is most traffic to a site like, you know, the ones that we talk about here. They just, um, a, a visitor just Googles a term and the visitor lands on the site. They look at one page most of the time and then they head over to Amazon, hopefully, um, or they, they bounce back to the SERPs and go to another page. Um, the point is most people are not looking at your about page. So it's not, it's not a huge major deal in general. However, if you are... Here's where it comes into play, in my opinion. Let's say I've launched my site. I got some content out there. I put some keyword golden ratio content. I'm getting some traction. Things are going like nicely. You know, I'm getting a few sales here and there. And um, I'm thinking, hey, I want to take this to the next level. I want to get some guest posts out there. I want to do some promotion and outreach. Um, the people that maybe would look at your about page are folks that um, you're pitching to guest post on their site or to link to your site somehow. So when I go to a site and someone's pitched me, I'll uh, take a quick look at it. I'll hop over to the about page to learn about the person or see if they're legit, see if they have, you know, something to offer. And if the about page looks kind of crappy, if it looks like there's nothing, you know, authentic behind it, I probably um, don't want to work with that person because I don't want to I don't want to work with a person who is just putting up a site maybe they don't care about it uh the topic at all maybe they're just outsourcing all of the content by the way it's not bad to do those things but the point is if I am a blogger out there and someone's pitched me a guest post I don't want to have someone who is just reaching out to me to get a link and they don't have any chops potentially on the topic so not having an authentic looking about page can cost you in that area now i've never done a test on it right i could be 100% wrong i'm only telling you what i think and how i react but i think if you if you think about it you know right now if you're like empathizing with a blogger who just received an email in a pitch for a guest post or putting a link on their site or whatever. I mean, you could imagine a person doesn't want to link to a site that, um, you know, isn't that great or maybe that isn't authentic. Nobody wants to do that. So I think that's kind of my driver, you know um, I think guest posting is good. I think doing outreach is good. You know, if someone lands on my site um, and they're, you know, looking at the about page, I want them to think, wow. Well, This person seems like they know what they're talking about. They have an interesting story and um, I want to learn more. So that's sort of my take. Um, I mean, the fact is, Most people are not going to go to your about page, but the people that do go to the about page probably matter a little bit more. They're a little bit more important than a random visitor who's only going to be on your site one time ever in their whole life. Hopefully they land on it, get information and buy something from Amazon, but chances are they're not going to be coming back to your site. Um, But the people that are checking out your about page, they They matter, right? They are a little more important, especially if you're spending time to do outreach and all that kind of stuff. So that's my take on uh, persona and, you know, sort of integrating that with the about page, why maybe you want to have an authentic persona yet keep your true identity a secret. Um, I think there are valid reasons for that, especially for folks doing it on the side, having a corporate job and balancing this could be a balancing act, right? Um, I think e- even now it's maybe a little bit more common to have people doing side projects, maybe having a podcast, YouTube channel, a blog or whatever. I think content maybe is a little bit bigger. Social media is a little bit bigger than it was, you know, just a couple years ago, especially if you go back like eight years, 10 years ago, um, things are so much different now than they were. Um, I think it would be super like uncommon for people to have, um, just a random podcast on a specific topic that they're into, um, like 10, 15 years ago, let's see 15 years ago. I mean, at that point you're getting before podcast, but 10 years ago and and right now it's like, I think, you know, people can, uh, Just start a podcast on like any topic they want. There's so many out there, they potentially would be under the radar anyway. But I think I'm rambling on a little bit right now. I will uh, digress quickly here. Just tell a little story. I'm going on a trip pretty soon. I'm going to be generally out of the office, but um, it's going to be a fairly long trip. And then uh, we'll, we'll just call it three to four weeks. And as I was thinking about such a trip, I was also thinking, hey, it would be a good idea to have a couple days off um, at the beginning and the end of the trip just to ease into it, uh, ease into the trip, and then to sort of gradually integrate myself back into work. So I was thinking, hey, I'm going to take five, six, seven weeks off, something like that. I haven't done that in a long, long time. And... I wanted to be able to do a little bit of work if I needed to. Let's say one of my websites goes down and I need to do something. Additionally, um, I'll be doing some you know, general email work uh, while I'm gone. I'm not gonna be working every day, but I'll probably be checking my email fairly frequently. So the point is I got a, a, a laptop. I got a small laptop. It's actually one of those Chromebooks. So like many folks, I had heard of Chromebooks for a few years. If you're unfamiliar, they're generally like fairly low low powered, low spec um, laptops and they run the Chrome OS, which is a pretty um, like lean OS to run. We're getting kind of geeky here, but I like that sort of thing. Um, so it's a lean OS. I think it's based on the Android um, like phone OS. So like I said, it's pretty lean. It could run on slower software, doesn't need as much memory. And it's generally browser based. So it's generally like Chrome browser based. They are quite inexpensive. All right. So I think you can get them on eBay, which I started looking at after I bought like a brand new one. But You can get them on eBay used for under a hundred bucks. And generally you'll be able to do like just no heavy lifting, but you could like, you know, send emails, do anything you need to on websites, which is my main concern. And then, um, it's fairly difficult to do any sort of like heavy lifting, like video editing or podcast editing. Anything's possible, but generally you're not going to be doing that kind of stuff. So my observation was, hey, maybe I can get one of those Chromebooks. It'll be light. Um, they're quite secure because it's all based on like Google um, Google logins and stuff like that. And it's a beater, right? So I can get it fairly cheap. Um, I can throw it in my backpack. Um, I'll be on the road for a lot of this trip. And I won't have to baby it so much like if I brought my bigger, heavier MacBook Pro, um, number one, it's, um, you know, a more expensive thing to lose or beat up on. Um, and I'm probably not going to need all the computing power that a MacBook Pro has that my MacBook has. Um, so I could just get a cheaper one. Anyway, so I got one of these and I was like, hey, this is gonna be cool. Um, I'm gonna enjoy this. It's kind of fun having a smaller machine. Um, I could take this to coffee shops and you know, maybe get out of the house a little bit more and just you know, great battery life, all the pros. Anyway, so I'm typing on it and I'm noticing that every now and then uh, it's like weird behavior. So it turned out every time I hit the two key, the browser would go back one page so the two key is also where the at sign is located so whenever i would type in my email address um say in a form on a web page it it would go back so what i discovered it took me about 2 days to figure this out so what i discovered was the two key is right next to the back function key in the function row above the numbers, right? So I hope I'm explaining that well, but basically every time I hit the two key, a two would appear like it was supposed to, or the at sign, but it would also trigger the back action within the browser. So it would completely trash anything that I was trying to work on. Now you don't hit the two super often, you don't hit the at sign very often unless you're entering your email account or your email address, and again, Typically, it was when I was filling out a form. So I would spend some time, I'm like filling out these forms and I'm thinking, hey, this is great. I like this little machine. And then I would hit the at sign, lose all the work that I was working on. So that was a little frustrating. Um, I Actually, again, I got a, I got a new one. Because I thought to myself, well, I want to have a warranty. I don't just, I don't want to get a used one and and run into issues. So I had to send it in to the manufacturer for um, repairs. So it's been, I think it's been about a week or so. I hope to get it back in another week. I'm not really sure. They they paid for ground shipping, so I think it may be a little bit longer, but. I'm hopeful I was I was really excited I was like hey maybe I can just move over to a Chromebook like I, I appreciate um, the the Chrome OS and the, the leanness of it and all that stuff but um, at this point the jury's still out I think it'll be great on the trip it is a very light machine uh, small screen it's not super comfortable to type on but it'll do what I need it to do and like I said it's it's gonna be like a total like beater laptop. Um, I don't have to baby it. It's not, um, it's not something that's super expensive or anything like that. So that's my random tangent story for this week. Thanks for joining me this time and really appreciate it. Um, I, I honestly don't know what episode is coming up next. That's all right. Thanks for joining me today. Have a great day and we'll catch you on the next one. Click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show or... I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.